Welcome to It's a Mindset, the podcast where we embark on a transformative journey to enhance your worth, wealth, and well-being. I'm Emma Lagalo, a wealth and mindset coach, and I'm here to guide you. In each episode, we explore the power of your mindset, featuring inspiring guest interviews, tips, and insights. Are you ready to dive in and discover that anything is possible when you put your mind to it? Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of It's a Mindset. I'm Emma Lagalo, your host. Thanks, as always, for tuning into this podcast. I truly do appreciate it. In this episode, we're discussing the universal experience of facing challenging hurdles in life. Have you ever encountered a hurdle that seemed insurmountable, yet somehow you discovered the hope to overcome it? In this episode, we'll be providing insights on finding hope amid some of life's biggest challenges. I'm honored to be joined by the incredibly inspiring guest, Tisha Rose. Tisha is the founder of Hurdle to Hope and the podcast, Wellbeing Interrupted. Tisha has also been navigating a 25 year journey with chronic illnesses, including multiple sclerosis, known as MS, and stage four breast cancer. I truly am in awe of Tisha. Her story is such a story of resilience and hope and strength. And she tells it with such vulnerability and openness. It it's just truly is amazing. Some of the things that I took away from this episode was the importance of mindset, how mindset really is everything and how Tisha has used her mindset as a powerful asset in facing her chronic illnesses. I also enjoyed our discussion around how Tisha uses rituals like meditation and journaling to be able to authentically navigate her emotions. We talked about broadening the definition of wealth, one of my favorite subjects, uh, and I loved Tisha's take on it about expanding the concept of wealth beyond finances, which I really do resonate with. We also touched on uh, the Hurdle to Hope Roadmap, which is something that Tisha has developed uh, in her own experiences of navigating chronic illnesses, and it really is a transformative guide for navigating life's hurdles with hope. Uh, it's yeah, a, a great resource, and it can not only be applied to going through a health challenge, but you know any other challenges that you might be facing in life or just navigating life day to day. So I think we can really get so much goodness and perspective and wisdom out of this episode. So I really encourage you to, to listen uh, deeply to this episode and to please share your takeaways. You can share them on your Instagram stories at Emma Lagalo, or I urge you to go follow Hurdle to Hope. Um, I will leave all the details in the show notes so you can go follow Tisha and you can also be inspired by her amazing content and her the way she approaches life. So I'd just like to remind you that, you know, all of your reflections, whether they're, you know, online or just by telling a friend, could really support someone else who may be on a similar life journey. So please listen in uh, to episode 10, Navigating Life's Hurdles with Tisha Rose. I found this episode just so enlightening. Uh, It was just such an incredible conversation and I believe ultimately it is just a message of hope and I hope you find that too. So thanks for listening. Hi Tisha, thank you so much for joining me today on It's a Mindset. It's wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Very, very happy to be here. Yes, yeah, it is. Uh, I think we've known each other only really a couple of months. Uh, and we have to thank Mariah uh, for yes. bringing us together, who has a 
is an entrepreneur like we are and she mm -hmm. is uh, the content queen and so I think we were both part of her membership and that's how we met and yeah just realized that there was a lot of synchronicities with what we are doing um, around being proactive about mindset uh, but yeah. there is a lot more to you than uh, to, than just to that and my audience isn't aware so I'd love for you to introduce yourself a little bit and if you can tell us um, about your background and your life journey and any pivotal moments uh, that have shaped who you are today. Yeah, thanks so much, Emma. Really appreciate this opportunity. I love your um, podcast and, yeah, it was. it's always great to meet people who like to talk all things mindset <laughs> because it's what, you know, I really believe is it's just so powerful when we focus on that. Um, so I was trying to, I've got you know, I'm 49, something similar. We're both born in 75, I think I heard. I'm one yes. of your postcards. So, yes. yeah, <laughs> so a long history, but I really want to, I guess, frame it in relation to two massive health challenges um, that have interrupted my life. Um, as a 22-year-old, um, I was I just finished university. I studied a business management degree, a degree in psychology as well just started at Telstra on their graduate program um, and living in the city of Melbourne. Health was great, I thought, but I was diagnosed with MS and that was a massive, um, a massive moment. You know, I never, I didn't even have a GP to ring up to talk about my diagnosis because I just, I wasn't sickly as a child. I, um, yeah, there was no family history of MS at all. So that really, in that moment, changed my life. Um, for the next few years, I experienced increasing relapses. And I'm not medical. <laughs> I'm about mindset and I'm not about all the medical stuff. So for those who don't know, I'm talking about having multiple sclerosis. Um, it's a disease of your nervous system. It's basically the nerve coating, the myelin sheath is attacked by your immune system. And that causes, depending on where the lesions are, that often causes problems with mobility. Over the years, I've had issues with seeing, I've had issues with using my arms, hands, um, and most commonly for me was in relation to my walking. Um, and the... Relapses became more and more frequent um, until I guess the defining moment for me was in the year 2000. I just turned 25. Um, I woke up and I remember I was hitting something in my bed. I couldn't work out what it was and it was actually my leg. I couldn't feel my leg at all and I couldn't move the other leg, which was a little bit problematic. I was um, house sharing in South Bank in Melbourne and I had to get down three flights of stairs. I was very independent. So I went down on my bum and mum and dad were at the bottom of the stairs with a wheelchair, you know, and that started a massive year in hospital. Um, so yeah, that was very, it was a scary time. Um, that first ever experience of your disconnect between your mind and body, you know, your mind, my mind was still very active and switched on, but I was unable to move. I was totally paralyzed, I couldn't wriggle my toes. Um, so yeah, that was a pretty harrowing um year for me. But it really I, I guess 
Yeah, it, it was. And I think now, like I've got a, a niece who's 21 and I think, gosh, being diagnosed with something like MS at 22 is massive. You, you, your life is just beginning. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was really full on, but big game changer for me mm. because I had a positive outlook and as soon as I started walking again, I then kept walking and I travelled the next year. I went overseas and lived in Scotland by myself for the year. Um, because I was like, right, you know, I want to still be able to do what my friends are doing and doing the whole UK experience. I wanted to go by myself because I didn't want to, um, I guess, hold anyone up because I wanted to go at my own pace. So it was an amazing experience and very defining in, yeah, giving me fresh perspective on life. Um, and so I've I've learned how to I guess live well with MS and we'll we'll you know chat about that a bit more later. But I guess the next things are going pretty well MS wise. It was pretty horrendous for the first ten years. I had so many relapses, so many visits to hospital and all. But over the last fifteen years, I've only had one relapse. So my health is amazing, and you know my MS is inactive, which is good. Um, so life was going along pretty well, um, big changes from corporate to returning to university, becoming a social worker, working in regional Victoria, then moving to the beach and meeting my plumber who turned out to then be my partner. Um, so, you know, life life was good. And then at uh, two years ago, um, I was having a, a shower. I felt a lump on my breast and yeah, that was the beginning of you know huge changes in my life. So that became um, you know the biopsy, had the mammogram, ultrasound, all of that. And unfortunately, I was diagnosed with stage two um, breast cancer. So massive shock for me because again, no family history of um, breast cancer. I really thought I had mine disease for this lifetime but unfortunately that wasn't the case um so I spent those next couple of weeks really preparing myself then for a mastectomy um because it, it was the positive news it was stage two so they thought we take you know the tumor out it was seven centimeters so they needed to remove you know the breast but then the afternoon um before I was meant to go into the hospital about seven o'clock next morning, I was packing my suitcase and all the phone rang and it was a surgeon and the cancer unfortunately was no longer considered stage two. It already spread to my sternum. So a little spot up here and also to my liver, which, um, yeah, so that, that, you know, that was, um, it's still emotional thinking about it because it was so terrifying because then all of a sudden I was dealing with stage four, which is considered advanced or terminal cancer. So, yeah, so my world was really rocked <laughs> by that. And as you'll probably hear my voice, my, my job at Telstra was in training and development. So I was, you know, this is what I did, you know, lots of um, training and keynote speaking and all the rest, but my voice isn't great at the moment. And they really think the trauma of the last couple of years um, created 
the muscle around my voice box um, to really tighten up. So this time last year, I could hardly talk. So it's a lot better than it was. Um, but yeah, they think um, having MS plus the cancer diagnosis created a perfect storm for my voice to say goodbye for a while. So yeah, so apologies, but hopefully everyone can understand me throughout yes. this podcast. Well, yeah, I um, can hear you loud and clear and that your story is just, it is really so poignant, like to have really yeah, dealt with something that you think that that would be what you had to deal with with your in your life is MS and, and then to even, you know, get on top of that and feel, you know, that you had conquered it in, in many ways and then to be dealt another really massive challenge I, I can you know I can understand that it like I well I can't understand it, it was only just your voice that dis, that disappeared and you know mm -hmm. your spirit is I think stronger than it's ever been uh as as a result of of facing this challenge so yeah it's yeah so you are just so incredibly inspiring and I really want to dig into, you know, what is your mindset and how you do manage that? Because I think, you know, and I know you have a podcast and you have, you know, a business called Herald of Hope, which helps people going through chronic illness to navigate that. And it's all around, you know, a roadmap that relies on your, on your mindset. But I think that it can be applied to anybody in life. Uh, and I, I would love to just urge anyone to not think that you have to have, you know, a life-changing diagnosis to be able to take on some of, you know, the the sharings that Tisha is going to share with us today. And yeah, just just so amazing. So I yeah, appreciate you being here to be able to share with us um, that story and and being so vulnerable and open about about sharing that. Oh, but the next question is a little bit of a, a tangent. Um, and I would love to hear as well, because having a diagnosis like that, I'm sure it makes you really sharpen your focus on, on what you want in your life. And so what is one unusual or adventurous thing on your bucket list? Yeah, and no, I love this. And you're right. As soon as you're diagnosed with an, an illness, the gift of that is that you do really gain perspective on your life and that happened with MS and with MS I travelled. So in my 20s I, you know, as I said, I lived over in Scotland. I then another time I had another massive relapse. <laughs> the neurologist said, where are you off to now? And I'm like, yeah, let's do something. So I went over to Romania and I volunteered with um, World Vision over there with in a um, centre for children with special needs. I'd already finished my social work degree, so that was an amazing experience and then this time it's like stage four breast cancer plus MS wasn't doing great with it all can't really get travel insurance and you know I wasn't wanting to do that and but I wanted to be more grounded I guess and I was really thought if I'm going to get through this I really need to um heal you know I need to reconnect and heal um and so we started going on drives, just dreaming of buying a block of land um, somewhere. And we ended up last this time last year actually um, purchasing 100 acres of land uh, in central Victoria. Um, and so 
yeah, I've always wanted to do something like this. So where Andrew's actually, my partner's up there at the moment, um, building, <laughs> building sheds and stuff while I'm, you know, down at home at the moment. And yeah, so we're moving and we'll be off the grid. Um, he's just setting things up. Um, yeah, later on this year, we'll sell up here and end up over there. So I'm so excited and it has always been a dream of mine, but Andrew grew up on a farm, so I'd have no idea, you know, what to do on a farm and not that we're going to do much, but it's just this absolute, like as soon as I went into this property, we were we were met with this swarm of um, dragonflies and I said to Andrew, this is ours. And he's like, why? And I said, he's like, because of the dragonflies. And I said, you've got no idea. <laughs> I said, yes, this is ours. And he's like, oh, fair enough. And they followed us as we drove around everywhere and it's just such a beautiful place and the energy there is so beautiful and I just know that's where I need to be for my healing so yeah so I'm instead of focusing on what may be cancer wise I'm just so excited about where our life is going you know over the next you know forever you know this is where this is where we're going to be so can't wait Oh, that's, that's so beautiful. And I, I really love that. And it's interesting. I, I've done a few interviews and it's always about where people want to go from a travel perspective. And I really love that yours is really about creating a really nourishing and natural and grounding environment for you and yeah. somewhere that you feel like is, is going to yeah nourish you and heal you. So I wish you all the best. And I'm looking forward to seeing all of that come to life is so there is a property on the no, land no it's a hundred acres it's all like it's so beautiful and and it's what you know I do all the um manifestation and writing down and everything we wanted in it's quite secluded it's clear like it's just beautiful it's everything we wanted and also it was at a price which yeah anyway it was great <laughs> we we got a steal so that was okay. good too we could afford it and um yeah, so it's all just, it hasn't got anything, but Andrew's a plumber, like his tradie, his mates helping him to, you know, build stuff and all there. So he's focusing on that as I focus on doing things like getting my podcast up and running. So, yeah, so it's great. It's really exciting. And and he's excited for it. For him, he just can't wait to get back, you know, onto the land. So it's great. Yeah, so it's taking him back to his roots and, yeah, yeah I'm sure yeah. so long as off the grid you have enough electricity to keep producing your podcasts and yeah. all of your amazing yeah. content, then <laughs> I think yeah, that's no, all you'll I, need. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. And um, the whole Starlink thing um, I found out about so I can still get my internet connection and, yeah, so it's going to be great. So, yeah, we'll be, we'll be all set. Oh, very good. Uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing that. And I urge anyone to follow along Hurdle to Hope and, yeah, you do share lots of beautiful content like that. So you can see how, what a beautiful life Tisha is creating for herself. Ah, but now we're going to talk a little bit about sort of habits and mindset and, and resilience, which I'm yeah, super interested to hear because I'm sure resilience is a massive uh, part of the way you navigate life. Um, so do you have rituals or practices that enhance your overall well-being and personal growth? Yeah, I think, um, for me, like I was thinking my daily ritual, like I'll wake up and I need to stretch out. Like I, it's really, it's interesting balancing two conditions, you know, really with a stage four cancer, I think it's really impacted my mind a lot, you know, dealing with that diagnosis. Whereas MS, 
really the impact is my body. Um, so balancing those two. So my daily rituals are very much trying to balance both. Um, so I wake up and I need to stretch out. I say I wake up a bit like, you know, a pocket knife having to open up and spread out and stretch. And, and if I do that, then my day is a better day. Um, so and my pain is managed. The other thing about dealing with cancer, I've also gone straight into menopause um, because I'm on hormone therapy. So um, that's been interesting. So all my joints and all are sore as well. So all of that stuff I do for MS is helping with all the menopause stuff as well, which is good. Um, and the other thing I really think is important for me is to quieten my mind. So I really try to meditate each morning. And for me, meditating is... I'm not hard on myself. Like if I don't do a full half hour or whatever it is, that's okay. Like it's just really quieting my mind and listening to some music or, you know, just whatever it is I feel I need to do. And then I journal. And, again, journal, it's just trying to get out the noise that's in my head onto a piece of paper and it, it goes into even, you know, getting out there my to-do list or, or whatever it is. It's just having that time to really centre. So for me, that's been really, really important. And I think that, you know, I always think about resilience and what that actually means as well because I think lots of times people say, you know, you're really resilient and I am, but I think that's because of, sorry, I'll take some yeah. water. I think that's because I quieten my mind and I am aware of like signs and stuff around me. So I think dealing with any health condition or any challenge, if we're constantly in that state of anxiety, then we, we're not aware of our options or what our next step should be. Um, so, yeah, so for me, being able to work on emptying everything that's here is the most important thing to do for me. Yeah, I um, I can resonate with that. Uh, being yeah, a mum of teenagers, then, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes there's things going on um, and even they've had health challenges that uh, have been... Yeah, mm -hmm. my, my daughter was diagnosed with epilepsy a couple of years ago and, yeah, yeah uh, that was really a really tough time for me to go through and yeah, absolutely. for her in, more than me. And I wish I, you know, could have taken it, it away from her at the time. Yeah. But um, journaling definitely helped me because sometimes I think there is just so much noise and um, um, if you get an anchor on that and you can see you know what it is and make a little bit of sense of you know what is your deepest fears or yep. you know what is the worst case scenario or things like mm -hmm. that and, and then often you know it is it can be quite far out and you're thinking well that, the odds of that happening maybe yep. not or yep. or you yeah you just have to then you know make peace with it and yeah yeah handle so it has really helped me in meditation as well just to yeah, just to find that stillness is really, I think, so important. It's really important. And 
I remember years ago, I forget who it was, but someone said, you know, you're so lucky. Everything works, works, always works out for you. And I said, I was diagnosed with MS at 22, not so lucky. But I reflected on my life and I had amazing experiences in my 20s, even though I was also dealing with MS. And I think it is that quietening of your mind. And I wasn't doing it as much then, but I still was trying to, I think that hospital experience when I was 25 really stopped me from living on automatic pilot. You know, straight away I was like, you're a lot more present and thinking, right, what's important in my life is, and I remember getting back to Telstra after having all of that happen, I was sitting at my desk and thinking, is this worth spending months and months in hospital for? Like, this is ridiculous. And I was willing to, um, yeah, sacrifice my health, and I was. Like, I was getting taxis from work to hospital um, and then, you know, met my neurologist there to have treatment so I could then get back to work. Like, it was ridiculous. But I think you get so caught up in that until something like that happens and when it happens to you in your mid-20s, it changes your outlook forever, um, which, is, which is great, you know, and that is, yeah, so, and I've really brought that. So my, I guess my resilience with dealing with cancer, I've brought all of my learnings to dealing with this. So I knew straight away I couldn't go into absolute free fall and panic over the diagnosis. I had to remain centred. So then I could surround myself with the right medical team to guide me through this. And it worked. You know, I went to a GP I'd never met before. And she was such an amazing woman. And I said, I don't know what surgeon, like, who do you think? She said, oh, this particular doctor, everyone says she's lovely. And I said, great. I just want someone lovely. That's who I need. She was amazing. So such a beautiful person who you know, when my cancer, you know, came back, I went back to her to, you know, now had my mastectomies. Um, but, yeah, she was so amazing. Then she recommended me to a, a, an amazing woman, again, who's my oncologist. So I think that's not luck. That's not being in this panic mode and actually being centred and aware of the signs around you. Because if I was really out of control and anxious during that meeting with my GP, I wouldn't have heard her saying this surgeon, everyone says she's a lovely person. So I went on, you know, I heard that and that has been the best decision I've made. Yeah, so trying to maintain that little bit of calm yep. so, and presence more than anything, yep. I suppose, yep. so that you can make informed decisions when really everything is probably just so it is in chaos um around yeah. you and yeah to to try and yeah have that anchor i think is probably what it is more than anything but yeah, yeah absolutely and blocking out all that external noise that feeds your anxiety so and you'd know you've got certain girlfriends that you would ring at moments of crisis and some maybe you wouldn't or you know some family members you would or wouldn't or you know, going on Google search in the middle of the night when you can't sleep because you're stressing, not a good thing typing in stage four breast cancer. So things like that, just locking out all of that external and really bringing it back 
and being centered is just so important. Yeah. And that's where you need the tools because I think if you don't have things that you can hang on to, then it really is. um, I mean, you have to have a lot of willpower not to Google everything when, you know, you get a diagnosis and yeah, yeah, so you do need those tools, but yeah, incredible. And And I also really picked up as well that you, it helped to show you again what was important, like when you were diagnosed with MS, when you're in your 20s, and that's when you went, I I really want to travel, I want to live my life. Um, And I can resonate with that. I mean, my sort of time was my mid 40s, when I Mm -hmm. went through early menopause, Um, we had the pandemic, and then my daughter was also diagnosed with epilepsy. And that was my wake up moment, really, where I just went, what am I doing? Like, is this really the life? The same sitting at a job that I wasn't really satisfying me and fulfilling me and yeah yeah, and it really made me wake up so I guess if we look at it from that perspective like from 22 you were always looking for Mm. to live your best life yeah yeah absolutely and and you do get caught up in things and it was interesting I did my relapses didn't stop until I really focused inwardly so I went on my first ever meditation retreat back in 2008 or 9 and that really taught me the technique to you know go into deep meditation and I've only had since then one relapse so and it was yeah so that made significant changes because I realized I was really good at making changes in my life I career changes, you know, became a social worker, moved towns, did all these things. But if you still approach life in the same way, then the outcome is going to be the same. So Mm. it's not until you actually challenge your thinking about Mm. things. And that's why often we go on a holiday, we come back and we end up needing holiday again straight away because we just slip back into, yeah, I've seen the photos of your summer holidays. Mm. Great, yeah. So somehow how do you capture that feeling when you're at home? And that was my biggest challenge. It was like I was so well when I was and felt so free when I was, you know, on the plane, lift off, go to the unknown. I loved it. But it's like I can't do that forever. So how do I get that? feeling of freedom when I'm at home and Mm. that's where my focus really changed and since I really changed and really challenged every aspect of how I was living that's when the relapses stopped wow that's that is Mm. really incredible to hear that that really meditation and changing your mindset you feel really did support you to take a bit more control of yeah of the ms that's yeah that's that's pretty amazing so i the next question is about how you stay consistent with your habits even in challenging times and maintain a positive mindset and i'm actually like you just shifted my mindset on this just today when i was listening to episode three of your podcast and you were talking about it's not always about having a positive mindset and i'd love you to explain to my audience what you mean by that Yeah, and this has taken me a long time to grasp and that's why I wanted to do an episode on it because we can't be, we've got to be very careful of falling into toxic positivity, you know, because we talk about 
And I think having a positive outlook, I was a positive person, had a positive outlook in life before I was diagnosed with MS, and that certainly has helped me. But what I didn't do well in living with MS at the beginning was I wasn't authentic to my emotions because I thought if I'm not positive, that means I'm going to become negative. And I think often we see that as an either or, um, whereas for me now, I don't see that like it at all. I'm going to have a positive outlook in dealing with my cancer. I know I can have an impact on that experience, but it doesn't mean I have to be all smiley face all the time about it or all upbeat all the time because I have never been so scared as getting that phone call from the surgeon to say the cancer has spread and I just, like, when I hung up the phone, I just was gasping for air and I just cried and cried and I was so fortunate. Andrew's so loving and supportive. I was so pleased that he was there with me at that moment. But that was being authentic. There's no way in that moment, and that's not good for my healing, if I was like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine, it'll be right, because it, it wasn't at that moment. It wasn't fine at all. But to be authentic, to go down into that darkness is okay because it doesn't mean I'm going to be negative. I still know that I can have a positive impact and I'm authentic in the way I do it. So, yeah, so that's sort of what I mean. Yeah, I, and I love, yeah, I think that's so important that we do sink into those not so lovely emotions when, you know, at times and we allow ourselves to go there because if we don't then we're not going to have I, I i just think that it's going to the, the cracks are going to show somewhere else absolutely yeah she's so busy trying to hold keep it hold it at bay yeah that yeah then you know other things you know will happen like you you know you have a, a true breakdown and yes. i mean you you had a breakdown but then you dusted yourself off and yeah. Now look at you, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, and you, you're actually thriving. Yeah, and I think you need to do that. And it's all that, you know, darkness, lightness too. It's like when we experience that, then the other side is so much brighter and lighter and we appreciate life so much more. Mm. Um, so I think it's important. And for people listening to this as well, it's really important to allow our partners or our kids or parents or whatever it is to have those emotions. It doesn't mean like it's it's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing to support and hold space for loved ones going through. And it doesn't mean they're being negative about the situation, but then you can support um, in a way of, you know, holding them in that space as opposed to just saying, no, it'll be fine, it'll be fine because you don't want to dismiss those emotions or else mm -hmm. people will hide them. So, you know, if you had any advice for people that, you know, if they were, did have a friend or a family member that got a diagnosis, a serious diagnosis, then like what is it, how do you hold space for them? I think just create an environment and I'm, I'm not... Like I won't cry with all friends or anything like that at all. But for me, it's not been dramatic. It's not my number one thing I really hate is people putting on a different voice. Oh, are you okay? You know, that type mm. of thing. That's not, it's just being normal, you know, just mm. have a normal conversation. 
But don't be afraid to say, how are you feeling? Mm. You know, because I've got certain friends that say, I'm petrified. Like, I'm so scared and all. So have permission to not just, you know, to allow your friend to say that and, and not be scared of that because you don't have to have the answers. No, mm. no one's got the answers, but mm. exploring that emotion's okay and reminding them that you're there. And yeah. even just, even in those moments where you're not wanting to talk, just getting a text message with a love heart, you know, mm. that's like, oh, they're thinking of me. You know, the most powerful thing Andrew could have done in all of these appointments was he always tickled my back when the surgeon or oncologist, whoever's talking, that's all he had to do. And, you know, doesn't doesn't do it at home, take some cancer diagnosis. But in that moment, it was like, he's with me, you know, he's listening mm. to this as well and it's going to be okay. So mm. I think it's just those little things that mean so much when you're going through and not being scared, you know, yeah. don't be scared of a friend crying or feeling out of control, but still holding on to that, building them up, knowing that, you know, you, you've you got this as well. Yeah, yeah, that you, you're, you're there for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my thing is I, I like to make a meal even for yeah. if someone's going through something and then that's yep. my, my way of letting them know I'm thinking about them and, um, yeah, and, and then it's also I guess you know the people that you can lean on more heavily than, you know, than others as well. And Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we've probably really covered on sharing an experience where stepping out of your comfort zone shifted your mindset, but maybe, I mean, you could maybe share a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey, even starting your podcast, I don't know, or, or you might have already got yeah. something else in mind about that that has shifted your mindset. Yeah, I think, like, we've talked about lots of the medical stuff, but... Yeah, I think it's those experiences like doing the podcast. Mm. Like it's a big thing, you know, yourself. It's a big mm. thing, you know, to sit here um, and work out what to do. And even with me, not having my voice perfect. Like I, I think half the reason I ended up with MS, I was such a perfectionist, such a perfectionist at school, you know, uni, at work, everything. And it's like to actually present myself when my voice isn't right, it was like that was a big thing and that was holding me back. And I'm thinking, how ridiculous is that, that I'm trying to help other people with health conditions, but I'm letting my health conditions stop me from sharing my insights. I think mm. that's ridiculous. So, yeah, and and leaving, even leaving um, Telstra when I was on big money in my 20s to then travel and then to become a social worker and then to leave that when it wasn't aligning with my health as well and not doing that as much. Um, yeah, they're, they're big steps, but I think it's made easy. It's almost made easier when you've got a health condition because mm. I kept saying, is it worth getting sick for? No, well, I won't do it. Whereas if I didn't have MS, I think my life would have been very, very different because I wouldn't have stepped away from the security of a really well-paying job, you know, mm. and it would have been hard, whereas it was made very easy having MS. Yeah, that's um, an interesting, I know my mind sort of going all over the place with that is, do you feel like your life is potentially more fulfilling not having worked in, in at Telstra for your whole life? 
Yeah, probably. Like mm. I think because I think I would have been, I think why I found it, like I, I found it so hard to make changes was I was surrounded by such sameness, you know, in my life. So I went to school in a city. I then, um, you know, shared uh, an apartment with people who were doing the same, you know, young corporate graduates doing all that, finished uni. So my life was just filled with such sameness. It wasn't until I got MS that I broadened my perspective on life. You know, I... I ended up working as a housing support worker in a prison, you know, and how different is that to working at Telstra training customer service? So, you know, life was so different, but that certainly enriched me as a person um, doing that. And, yeah, so Andrew and I would never have met if, like I met him after I decided to go to Bendigo to study social work. Um, then I bought a unit um at when I came back from Romania and I bought my first little one bedroom unit there which interesting like if I hadn't have gone to Romania I would have thought no there's no way I'm going to buy a one bedroom unit but when they're you know families live in a one bedroom unit so yeah I can do that and thank goodness I did because the next there's the our romantic story of meeting the next morning the um sewer at the front was overflowing the body corporate organized the plumber to come was Andrew so and we've been together ever since wow (laughs) yeah so all of those things would never have happened if I didn't have the confidence to make that move yeah 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 and that's it's it's something that I'm yeah really grappling with at the moment is that I think with that we think there's a path that we should follow to you know get a job in corporate and then you know yeah. generate financial wealth and then buy a big house and live, you know, in the Shire or wherever you, you know, yep. that you grew up. And yeah. we don't think outside those parameters, like that there's more to, to life. Uh, and so I can say that, that this diagnosis like really did change the trajectory. And, and it sounds like meeting Andrew was yeah. probably like, you know, the most amazing thing to ever happen. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it wouldn't have happened. And you're so right. We have, like, my life was mapped out, you know, not through pressure of my family or anything, but it was like, you know, you go to school. Because of where it was around, you know, for my life, it was, you know, go to school, work really hard year 12, get marks, go to uni, get a job, you know. Everything was working completely to plan. And my biggest mistake when I was diagnosed with MS was I gave up on all my dreams and goals because I thought, well, they assume good health. That's no longer a given. And that just created such despondency in my life. Whereas now I really say to anyone, it's like, don't give up on your dreams. Just don't assume your plan to get there is what you anticipated. So lots of the things like buying a house. I was at Telstra. I wanted a house. I want to live in an apartment in the city, Melbourne. I didn't think. I still bought my first property when I was, you know, uh, 29 or whatever it was, but it was a one-bedroom unit in Bendigo. But I was so excited by that. So it, it still happened, just not in the way I imagined. Mm, yeah no that's beautiful and and even I think that we think about the journey is really just to to have enough money so that when we retire we can have a good life but like 
we're not even guaranteed anything no. at the end of the day. So it's about, yeah, enjoying as much of the present moment as, as we can. And, yeah, and I really love that going to Romania and seeing how other people live yeah, really uh, changed your perspective on, on what was possible. And I feel the same. I traveled in my 20s and I yeah. feel like it really did yeah, just give me a, a broader perspective on, on different ways of life and, and how it's done as much as I still fell into that mold and yeah, but it, yeah, it's good. Life's good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and it's, and it depends. Yeah. It, and we don't need to be, and that's, um, I was thinking about, you know, what with working on ourselves, a real key to it is also to be kind to ourselves. Mm. So if I don't get to, do like exercises each morning like I've had to neglect MS a bit over the last six months with all the surgeries I've had and everything so I couldn't do as much work on that but it's like being kind to myself mm. as well so even if we're in you know even if I was in that corporate world it's not saying that's bad at all because it will suit some people where they want to be that's fine but it's still within that having an open mind to other experiences as well mm. so yeah whereas I don't think if I'd stayed at Telstra, I wouldn't have had an open mind. I would have been a different person. But the person mm. I am now, you know, would have a different experience at Telstra. Yeah. yeah, I think the impact that you're going to have now is probably greater as well um, mm. from everything that, you know, you be have gone through and um, have learnt and the wisdom that you've you've garnered from, from that experience versus, you know, if you worked in corporate. Yeah. 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 So that's, yeah, yeah interesting. Uh, so we've talked a quite a bit, a little bit about inner work and how that cultivating that self-awareness are in the journey, uh, that they're significant in the journey of mindset development. But could you share any more of the inner work that you've personally undertaken to enhance your mindset? I know you've done a bit of energy work recently as well that you think has helped to bring your voice back. Yeah, I think... Um... For me, energy work's been massive and that really happened, I was trying to work it, probably around that, it did. After I went on that meditation retreat, I then, um, a close girlfriend in Bendigo actually was starting to see a kinesiologist and she said, yeah, you should, you know, you should go and, you know, you need that woo-woo friend <laughs> and she's mine. Um, and so I did, you know, I went and to my rational mind, I had no idea what was going on. Like I couldn't work out how she was getting messages, how, what these crystals were doing on my body, like everything. I was such a logical, rational person. I'm thinking, what's going on? But then I'd feel so much better. And she gave, she would say things, you know, from my childhood and all. And I was like, how does she know that? You know, and all this thing, I, I could not make sense of it at all. And Andrew was really good because you know, he's straight up and down plumber, but I'd say, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure, but I'm feeling so much better. And, he's, and I said, but I wouldn't want to tell people about it. And all he's like, who cares what people think? If it's working, do it, you know, stop trying to work everything out in your mind. And so for me, that was a big game changer because that made me really surrender to not having to work everything out. So for me, I have ever since then always had energy healing. So I've always had treatments in relation to MS and cancer. I would never not do that. Um, but 
the power of those has been that they've been coupled with energy healing. So for me, I couldn't get through anything without energy healing as well. Mm, yeah, I, I see someone and I've actually been studying a little bit of that myself. It's called Resolve with using muscle testing, which is what uh, they do in kinesiology as well. And yeah. again, yeah. it's like my logical brain is going, how is yeah. this possible? But if you surrender, and I feel like yeah. that's been the most powerful thing for me to navigate you know, blockages yep. and limiting beliefs and, yep, and things. Um, and yep. it is that just that trusting and surrendering. And I think that's such a powerful side of, of mindset and yep. coupled with, in your case in particular, the, the medical support that you that you need. I think it's just, yeah, it, it, it is, would be so beneficial. Yeah, I think so. And I talk about a healing mindset because I think, we can start healing as soon as we hear bad news, whatever it is. We can do things to protect our emotional well-being from that very moment of crisis. And I think, yes, often it's sort of, you know, one way or the other, whereas I just think if you bring yourself into whatever situation and you are more centred, you you know, you're, you don't have limiting beliefs. You think, yes, I can have an impact on this situation. You know, I've got all these tools and I, I know that there is some sort of reason for this, whatever it will be. Um, yeah, you, you have more of an impact. So I, I would hate to think how I would have coped with this without having gone through energy healing for so mm. many years. Yeah, no, oh, that's, yeah interesting we've got so many synchronicities i think yeah. in our <laughs> in our lives and i think I that yeah for the, for the greater world to even realize that as well all right we, we're getting there we, we are we have to, like, i've just got so many questions and i find yeah, everything that you have to say just so amazing and incredible so but we'll, i will keep pushing on so how do you balance pursuing your goals with maintaining your self-worth and your overall well-being yeah I've had difficulties with this over the years. I think um, MS, if we talk about sort of work, life and career, MS stopped me from, I think, reaching my full potential in a career sense. So I was, even when I was doing social work, I had to do for a while a part-time job because I was struggling with relapses and all. So I was on the phone because I thought that's easier for me, you know, to not have to get up and, you know, walk around and all the rest. So I was doing jobs which I knew I had the potential to be management, but I couldn't do that. But I thought I've got to stop defining my self-worth based on my KPIs of a career and why am I looking externally, you know, for that reinforcement that I'm good at my job you know so during that time I actually wrote my book because I thought I need an outlet I need to actually use my mind because I wasn't being challenged in my role and that was great because for me that was like that's all I needed you know that outlet so I've had to really realize that I'm not defined by my illness but I'm also not defined by externally by my career so and that's really challenging and I think we need to change things a little bit to ensure that just because 
someone can't walk great <laughs> doesn't mean that they can't use their switched on mind to contribute to an organization. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Well, I've, I've been supporting a lady at the moment that has MS and um, mm -hmm. she has said a lot of similar things to me as well. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it is about changing yeah, the way that people present, but then looking at what value they can actually bring from, um, yeah, because I know her mind is just so incredibly sharp and, yeah, and, yeah, even for mums, you know, that it's, they make it hard for them to come back to work, for instance, and yeah. it's, yeah, and the, the expectations on them, but the value that they can actually bring still to a role from their experiences and the studies that they've had and all of that, I think that, yeah, things need to change around that and I hope that you can be a bit of a pioneer for that. Yes. Mm. So I'm um, considering both financial and broader aspects of wealth um, and you know I'm a wealth and mindset coach. Um, what principles or advice can you offer for a balanced and fulfilling life? I think a couple of things. I think what we've spoken about in terms of broadening our definition of wealth, you know, yeah. so it's not just about money. Um, that it's all aspects of your life as well that are enriched. That's important. Also very mindful that when someone has a health condition, it costs a lot. If you if you want to be well, then it costs a lot of money, you know, to do all the different treatments and all the rest as well. But I also think part, I've always worked um since being diagnosed with MS. And part of that is I've been really flexible. I've gone back to uni. I've um, made sure, you know, I've got qualifications to do different jobs. I've started my own business. So that um, ability to pivot all the time has really helped me. And I also, I read ages ago, Ask and It's Given, the Esther Hicks um, book, so that whole law of attraction. And I think there's such limiting beliefs sometimes. It's like, okay, I've got MS. That means I won't be able to do all of this. It means I won't be able to buy a house. It means, you know, all of these things. But it's trying to not limit those beliefs, to still think just because I've got cancer and MS doesn't mean that I shouldn't have any money, mm, you know. Yeah. It may, so I can still attract that, but I've got to be flexible you know, mm -hmm. as to, again, talking about, you know, your goals versus plans. It's like, I want these things, but, you know, just let go of having the control of how I'm going to get, you know, where I want to be. So for us, we bought this property and we came across it and it wasn't properly advertised. So I just came across it one night. I was on realestate.com and since we've bought it, all their people said, but we wanted this property, but no one, it wasn't even advertised. There was no sign up or anything. So we've landed this property, which is worth double that we paid for it. And it's like, so we're, yeah, we're so blessed to have that. But I said, but that was meant for us because that was what we attracted, you mm. know, that that's what we needed for our healing. So instead of being caught up about how crap life was last year, this amazing thing happened. Mm. So, yeah, I just think you still, you can still be wealthy if you've got a, a health condition, but you still need to change your definition of what wealth is 
yeah. but also be open to how that will happen. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that wealth is about having, you know, meaningful connections and, yep. you know, you have that with Andrew and it sounds like you've got loads of friends as well and yep. yeah. yeah, having a sense of purpose and freedom to be able to do the things yep. that you want to do and yeah, trusting absolutely. again in the universe yep. that it's going to provide what you need. And it's, that sort of goes back to the energy work as well. And I think it's looking at that it's just not all about the physical and the logical and that sometimes yeah. you know trusting that things are going to come along that will support you so yeah that's beautiful yeah all right we're going to talk a little bit about legacy and impact um so what impact do you hope to leave on the world i think we we have again we've talked about this and i think you're going to leave an amazing impact on the world um but particularly in terms of enhancing worth wealth and well-being for yourself and for others yeah I think for me, it's funny I'm sharing my story so much because 20 years ago, there's no way. I was really, really private person. I Like when I wrote my book, my friends were reading it saying, oh, my goodness, you went through all of that. Where I just didn't share things. But I thought I can't go through this experience and not share, but I really want to share in a way that's not just about my story. So I want to, if I'm doing speaking engagements, yeah, share a bit about my story so people know I get it and I've been through stuff. But what's the point of that if I don't share how you can apply what I've learned for when you go through whatever challenge you're going through? So that's why I put a lot of time into creating that Hurdle to Hope roadmap because it's like I want someone to be able to pick something up and say, okay, I'm in crisis mode, I'm in the red zone, what are the things I need to protect my emotional well-being right now? Or if, you know, I'm feeling so frustrated about how life is, that's okay, feel the feels, but what do I need to do to get my power back so it's not all about worrying about what cancer's going to do to me, but it's what I can, you know, I've got to say in this as well. So how can I have an impact and how can I live in alignment with what's important in my life? And then that whole resilience is, and that's been my, what's made me, I guess, change my thinking of a lot of things is having um, cancer is like we learn and evolve in our life. And I've learned so much in the last 25 years. If it's working and benefiting me in dealing with cancer, then I want to share it with others as well so they don't go through all that pain and angst I did early on. And I keep thinking of my younger self, you know, in my 20s, so petrified when I was in hospital all that time. It's so scary if you're not emotionally prepared for that. Um, so, you know, I'd love it that if I was in hospital Back then we didn't have our, our phones, I'm old now. Um, but, you know, someone could hop in and look at some of the stuff or listen to a podcast or look at the roadmap and think, okay, let's just focus on this and that will help me get through the next hour, day, week. So, yeah, so that's what I'm hoping. And I feel like my whole career has led to this, my social work experience and, you know, working with people in emergency housing and all is helped inform what I'm doing, but also training and development at Telstra, you know, writing training materials, everything I've done, I feel has led to this point. And yeah, so if I can shortcut some of the absolute pain people go through, you know, still need to feel the pain, but if I could make it a little bit more bearable, then yeah, that's great. Yeah. Like I could say, you know, that 
your roadmap could be just handed out in hospitals and for people yeah, to yeah, yeah to, to see with a little you know what do they call those things that you take a photo of it and yeah, yeah and then yeah, it, yeah. your masterclass pops up and there you are yeah. and you you really could be just that um lifeline that that people yeah. need but it, i mean it doesn't have to be you know being in hospital and you know no no i think any any type of crisis your roadmap is just really and it's so simple uh, yeah. and i think you're offering like the, the masterclass you just have to subscribe right through your yeah yeah i've just got it on my website now as mm. well so and i really like i've been tossing up what to do with my course so i've got also the masterclass but then i've reclaimed your life and you learn the roadmap and then it goes on to a healing mindset course and always i kept saying originally this was going to be a course for ms and i kept thinking this is bigger than MS. You know, I'm sure it will help with any other illness. Then I got MS, I mean, cancer, and I was like, okay, I've got to shut up. You know, I don't I don't need to attract anything else. Mm. You know, so it deals with both of those. But you're right, I apply it to every aspect of my life. You know, I've been through the absolute trauma of not having children, and I've used that to work through that decision. You know, so I know that it's really that acceptance that unexpected hurdles are going to interrupt our lives, but it's our response to those that define our experience. Mm. And that's so true. And that's the difference between remaining in darkness, remaining negative, remaining, um, yeah, in a horrible place. And really when mental health issues kick in as well, because you see no way forward. But then if you've got someone in your ear saying, no, do this and just start creating momentum, you know, and start moving forward. And then amazing things can still happen regardless of what's happened to you. And we don't want to, I don't want to be defined by MS or cancer. I want to be defined by all these amazing experiences I still have. Mm, that's yeah. So beautiful. So yeah. And I've been through the masterclass and it, it was, um, it was, yeah, really, I really, it was such a light bulb and your podcast has also been the same for me so i think anyone can take on board this roadmap and you can use it for little little like when I mean, they, they say there's big t's and there's little t's like little traumas and big traumas and you can use yeah, it for the little time. traumas in your life as well and it's simple it's it's simple and it just gives you that foundation then as a springboard then to yeah look for hope as um yeah as your <laughs> handle is all about hurdle to hope so yeah, yeah it's that's beautiful. right yeah. so yeah no as yeah so my podcast well being interrupted so yeah do listen and give me feedback and chat about what things you want to you know me to cover on that because even menopause it's huge <laughs> like I forget that I'm going through that as well and you know it's been so full on because I had no signs and within a few weeks you know it happened and mm. it's been really really full on and you know yeah so even that that changes everything you know so I've used the roadmap to deal with that as well because it's yeah and that's good the uh, yeah the um the agitation, the mm. my when I the oncologist said, you know, you'll be going straight into menopause, it's going to be full on because you can't take anything, any supplements or anything. We're suppressing 
you know, adrenal gland, there's everything, you know, ovaries out. So she said to Andrew, you know, ring me if she's been unbearable because not her fault. <laughs> so, and I, I'm pretty okay. Like I'm not, you know, emotionally I've been okay with it, but yeah, it's interesting. So I've used that for this as well. Yeah. And a, a lot of people, are women going through perimenopause, they're not okay. I mean, it can cause, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. mental unrest and you know the hot flushes the insomnia like all of those things that that can go along with it that yeah that can you could be like what is going on with me so yeah 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 tisha's roadmap could support you for that too (laughs) i'm going to leave all your details um so your your handle is at hurdle to hope and then you've got a website which is the same and you've got your your incredible podcast so i'll leave all of that in the show notes um but yeah and i urge you all to follow along and and get some of your good Tisha's goodness into you and just to be uh, inspired um yeah like I have been it's incredible there was one last question though and that's if you could change one thing about the world overnight what would it be and why I think for me it's the embracing of difference I think the insights I've gained having MS have been incredible um because at times I, you know, I was in a wheelchair or I use at times a, a walking frame or a walking stick and people treat you differently. It's unbelievable. Like it's such an eye-opener. I would go shopping with mum after um, hospital, you know, when I was in my 20s, have a walking stick and people would just chat to mum. And I was thinking, are you serious? Like you can talk to me. So losing my voice, you know, people assumed that cognitively I wasn't okay because my voice sounded pretty horrendous. So I think we need to be a lot more accepting of difference in a workplace, um, but also, yeah, for of differences within our friends and, and all that because I think once we embrace difference, then it will open our world up. We learn so much from people who are different. And I think some... Even the decision to then last year my cancer came back in my breast, so the decision was, for me, very straightforward. I needed a mastectomy. But even that decision, it was like I remember saying to Andrew, I don't know if I want to tell people what were they thinking all, and he's like, doesn't matter. And I thought, no, we've got to be open about this because there's apparently guys who would be who, you know, the surgeon said won't as supportive of Andrew. Andrew said to the surgeon, no point having Tish and her two boobs in an urn on the mantelpiece. He was mm. like, get rid of them. What's the point, you know? And for me, it was a no-brainer. I just had to. But, you know, that was a very emotional thing as well. But part of that emotion was because all of a sudden I'm different, you know, mm. all of a sudden I look different again. Because I used to say, you know, on something like this, I'm okay because, you know, no one can see that my legs aren't great. And then I was laughing with my physio and I said, but now my chest is not, you know, I have to wear different things and all the rest. And it's like this is a embrace the difference. And if someone's going through what they're going through, it shouldn't enter in their head, maybe I won't have a mastectomy because I'll feel different, you know, and I'm worried about what people yeah. think. So I think if we normalise these conversations, um, yeah, and I said to Andrew, we need to be open even with his mates. So yeah, we had, when he picked me up from hospital, 
I, we try and, you know, make each other laugh and outshock each other. And I said, oh, you know, I guess you're going to call me titless teeth now. And he's like, was laughing and we're both laughing. It was good because it was emotional coming home from hospital. Then he was up on the block and a few of his mates were there and his, the phone, you know, I was ringing him up and he's like, it's all right, it's just titless teeth on the phone. And he said, all of them are like, you can't call it that. And he's like, she named herself. And it was good because then they all knew, you know, and it wasn't a big thing. And I said, that's great because then if their wives go through what I've gone through, they're like, no, Tish and Andrew dealt with it. You know, it's okay. So I think sometimes our health suffers because we're worried about being different, but if we embrace that difference, then it opens a door to amazing experiences as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And well, he sounds like such a gem of a of a man, mm-hmm. so that's wonderful. And, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree that to him, yeah, the journey that I have been on and the people yeah. that I have met as a result of uh, just opening up my eyes and being more open uh, to yeah. the world. Like I've met people like you and yeah, no, it's, I just feel yeah so grateful for the perspectives that I'm gaining uh, on life as a result of, of, yeah, just being more, yeah, to open to, to differences and uh, yeah, to, to every person has something yeah. amazing or it's valuable and uh, to bring to the world. And so it's, uh, yeah, I think that's a beautiful message and I hope that it continues. And if it did, I like, I think we would have a much more harmonious world in general. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. We would, we would for, yeah, all sorts. You think of what happens in the world now? Like mm. if we're all a bit more open and facing of diversity. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. We'd fix the world, Emma. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> we can only try. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on, Tisha. Was there anything else that we, we didn't cover? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more to your story that we could we could probably talk for days. But um, was there anything else that you that was important that you wanted to talk about? No, I think we've chatted about lots. And I think what is good about conversations like this it's just starting to I think often when you feel stuck unsure what to do next and you are feeling really down and depressed it's like having conversations like this just start you thinking differently and once you start thinking differently that's like it starts all rolling you know that life can be different um so no I've loved our chat thank you and I have been so yeah it's been great um Mariah um, bringing us together, um, which is great. So I look forward to when I work out the technology and having guests on my podcast, we can have some more um, talks because I think it's so important and what you bring to and your outlook to help people living with an illness is really important as well. So, yeah, so I appreciate it. And also I should say with the hurdle to hope, it's a number two because sometimes people say, I can't find you on um, social media, but just hurdle number two, hope. Yeah, and definitely go follow along because, yeah, you've enriched my life a lot and I'm sure that, yeah, you are going to enrich anyone's life. So come across you. So thank you and, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for joining It's a Mindset. If you found this episode valuable, consider sharing it with friends. Add it to your Instagram stories, tag me at Emma Lagalo or simply spread the word. Follow me on Instagram for updates and share your topic suggestions. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review to help us reach more listeners. Remember, anything is possible when you put your mind to it. Thanks for listening.